Okay, hi everyone. We're going to spend some time looking in God's Word together. So uh, find yourself a Bible. We're going to be in Hebrews today, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. So you can be uh, finding that. We've been uh, spending some time together, haven't we, in this series looking at the grace of God. And today we're going to be talking about finding grace, finding more grace uh, in the place of prayer. So if you turn to, uh, or if you've found Hebrews chapter 4, let me just read verse 16. It says this, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Like I say, we've been looking at wanting to be a people, even at this time, and especially at this time, who are growing in the grace of God. We've been uh, looking at different aspects of God's grace, God's goodness and his kindness uh, over the weeks. And now I want to look at this, God's kindness, God's grace in the place of prayer. We can grow in the grace of God uh, because there is more grace for us to find. There's more grace for us to discover as we approach God uh, through Jesus, through what Jesus has done, and empowered by the Holy Spirit when we pray. When we're standing in the grace of God, not trying to earn his favor, not just living by uh, a legalistic list of, uh, of rules, but when we're standing in grace, then in, when we pray, we can have the expectation not of losing, losing time, um, uh, and so on, but of gaining, of receiving, and doing so particularly in times of need. That's the encouragement here. We can uh, approach the throne of grace with confidence to receive mercy and find grace in times of need. Now, Easter weekends, a few weekends ago, uh, I was thinking, I wonder what we should do as a family, and I had a brainwave. I thought, I'm, I'm going to create... Uh, a treasure hunt for our kids, Sarah, Abby, and Sam. So I, I found a map which I adapted. I'll show you a closer version perhaps in a moment. A map of our local cemetery. Might sound a bit grim, but it's lovely and we had a nice time. Um, and on this map, I kind of chose, I created markers on four different locations. I left clues in those different locations uh, to help them solve a puzzle. Um, I, I then kind of gave them some instructions on how to find those different places, uh, all with the idea that they would follow all those clues and find me at the end uh, of the map, as it were, and then be able to solve the puzzle. And when they solved the puzzle, I would then reveal a wonderful gift of chocolate to them. And uh, now I'm aware that maybe this kind of thing in the teenage years won't work so well. You know, at this time, their enthusiasm kind of matched mine. I really enjoyed creating the treasure hunt, and I think they quite enjoyed uh, doing it. Maybe they'll not be the case so much in the future. It's like, oh, what's the point? I can't be bothered. Do we have to? Why don't you just give us the chocolate anyway? But this time, uh, it worked. They were prepared to follow all those different steps and get the chocolate. Now, in their enthusiasm, they didn't know exactly what they would receive at the end of the treasure hunt. Uh, they didn't know exactly what they'd get, but because they knew what weekend it was and because they know me, they must have thought to themselves, I think this is going to be worth our while. Let's, let's go through it, even if we are humoring Dad. 
And, uh, and I think it was worth their while. Now, when we come to God in prayer, sometimes we can be just aware of the mysteries, aware of the puzzles. You know, sometimes we might think we'd like prayer to be uh, a magic lamp that if we rub three times, we get exactly what we want straight away. And if we've been walking with God any length of time, we know it's not like that. Uh, there can be puzzles, there can be mysteries. We can think to ourselves, uh, when is this answer, when is this answer going to come? How do I know that my prayers are making a difference? What God, what is God actually doing about this particular situation? And then with those questions in mind, we can sometimes lose our way a little bit and get discouraged. But coming back to this verse in particular, let's be encouraged afresh. We can approach the throne of grace with confidence to receive help, uh, receive mercy and grace to help us in times of need. I'm going to give you what I think this passage would encourage us to consider. Three reasons for confidence. Three reasons for confidence. Here we go. Number one, we can be confident in approaching God because God is on the throne. There is a throne over the entire universe and God is seated on it. Sometimes in scripture we see that a a special revelation comes to somebody uh, of the throne of God. And often it's at times that aren't that easy, when times are a bit unpredictable, when things are uncertain, or maybe the person concerned is facing great challenges. You could turn to Isaiah chapter 6, and it says there, uh, Isaiah says, in the year that King Uzziah died. You can read in 2 Chronicles chapter 26 about what had been going on, what King Uzziah had done uh, that meant his health deteriorated. He got leprosy because he kind of got too big for his boots. He he went into the temple to do what only the priests should do. And God wasn't pleased with him. He he suffered leprosy. And so his last years, he was wasting away. And Isaiah's aware. Actually, that's almost like a picture of the nation. The nation is just wasting away. He lived in uncertain times. But what God revealed to him was this vision of the throne of God in the temple of God. Not dissimilar for John. In the book of Revelation, uh, he was confined to prison uh, on account of his faith. And it says in, in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 2 that uh, he was caught up by the Spirit and he was in heaven, as it were. And it says, before me, he said in, in Revelation chapter 4 verse 2, before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the rest of that chapter in the next is describing the, the throne and the God who sat on that throne and and what's around him. So over the whole universe, there is a throne on which is sitting the sovereign Lord. And we find out here, it's a throne of grace. God bids us come. You you can read the Psalms. It describes the the throne, this throne of justice, of righteousness that's established forever. Uh, Coupled with this verse here, we know it's a throne of grace. We know God wants us to approach. and He he has... uh, glorious riches to share uh, with us as we do. So number one, God is on the throne. Second reason for confidence, Christ has made the way open so that we can come. This is the the whole message really of the book of Hebrews. We can now in Christ come to God. Uh, Previously we couldn't. Previously the way was barred, but Jesus has made the way uh, open. And we see this in a number of ways. Let me just pick out a few uh, verses from the rest of the book. Hebrews chapter 1 and partway through verse 
3 says this, speaking of Jesus, after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Job done. It's accomplished. Jesus completed the task. He has provided purification for sin. So that in Christ, we're totally cleansed from the muck and dirt of all our sin. We are able to approach him. We're able to know him and draw near. Go a few chapters further on. Hebrews chapter 7 and reading verse 18. says there, the former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law made nothing perfect perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Jesus is our better hope uh, of drawing near to him. The law couldn't help us in that regard because it didn't make us perfect. Uh, it had, didn't have the power to open up the way, but that's what Jesus has done. So we have this better hope. And then Hebrews chapter 10 And verse 19, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near uh, to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. We can draw near. We do have confidence because Jesus has opened up the way. It's got that intriguing phrase there, opened for us through the curtain. It's referring to the moment that uh, Jesus uh, died on the cross. And as he hung there and as he breathed his last, uh, we're told in the Bible that the curtain in the temple that uh, kept people out of the most holy place, that curtain was torn in two. One of our favorite books is this one, uh, The Garden, the Curtain and the Cross. I wonder if you've come across it. It's just a beautiful illustrated book uh, about how Jesus has made the way uh, open. I'll give you a closer look. Um, Time and time again through the book, it just references the fact that because of our sin, we couldn't come in. Because of our sin, the way was barred. But then the curtain is torn. And now in Christ, we can go in. That's the good news. Jesus has made the way open for us. Third reason... The third reason for confidence as we approach the throne of grace is this. Jesus knows what it's like. Jesus knows what it's like to be human. He knows what it's like to suffer. He knows what it's like to encounter times of need. It says here in in Hebrews, sorry, Hebrews uh, chapter 4 and just the previous verse, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. That phrase there, he, we have a high priest. He is able to sympathize. He's able to understand our weaknesses because he's gone through them ourselves. So when you're approaching the throne of grace and you are tired, Jesus knows what that's like. When you're coming before God, you're hungry. Jesus knows what what that's like. When you're lonely, Jesus gets it. When you're sad, Jesus gets it. 
When you're tempted, Jesus has experienced temptation. He knows what it's like. When you feel overwhelmed, Jesus understands that too. When you're in pain and you're hurting, Jesus can identify with you. When you're grieving, when you're weak, Jesus knows what it's like. He gets it. He understands. We might think, well, Jesus never had to navigate Google Classrooms. Yeah, but he has had to learn at home. Jesus hasn't had to queue outside Sainsbury's, keeping a two-meter distance. No, but Jesus knows what it's like to have to wait. Now, God is not out of touch. Maybe that's the great lie that our culture, our society has believed, that if there is a God, he, he doesn't care, he's out of touch. No, he knows, he understands. So when we approach him, we can approach him with confidence. He knows what help we need. So how then do we make that approach? If we've understood the reasons for confidence, how do we get down to it? How do we approach him? How do we pray? Well, here's just a few brief points and ideas. Firstly, well, let's not just wait for uh, the special feeling to pray to come upon us. Let's not just wait for some special uh, impulse. Now, if if you do sense a, a real impulse and a stirring to pray, well, obviously don't ignore it. Uh, respond to it. Respond to that prompting. Uh, that in itself is God's grace to you. But don't just wait for those moments. You know, I wonder to myself, how often would I pray if I only pray when I feel like it? If it when the feeling comes upon me? I don't think I'd pray every day. Do you know what? I might not even pray every week if I just waited for the feeling. So let's not wait for the feeling. Uh, Sometimes they will come, but sometimes they won't. Uh, We're not coming on that basis. We're coming focused on him. When we come, then as we draw near, we're drawing near to him. We're focusing first on uh, on the Lord. We can use the Lord's prayer to help us do that. You know how it references our Father in heaven, and it talks about your name, speaking to God, your name, uh, your kingdom, and your will. Now, it gets to us a bit later when we talk about our bread and our sin and maybe uh, the pain that we've been caused by others' sins. Well, it gets there, but the first focus is on God. I was reminded and reading uh, this week in a book by Andrew and Rachel uh, Wilson, just a chapter on, on prayer there, and Andrew writes this uh, about the Lord's Prayer specifically. By starting with our acknowledgement, that God is our Father who is all-powerful and all-knowing, and then moving on to ask for stuff, we root our requests in a childlike confidence that whether we get what we're asking for immediately or whether we have to keep on asking, our Father will give us what is best. And that's true, isn't it? I wonder if that's something that we've been learning uh, even recently. I think certainly I have. I can think of times early this year, it just bugged me that even though we're praying about it, the venue for the New South congregation hadn't yet kind of opened up to us. We hadn't found one that would work, uh, that we could hire and start using. You know, the year began in January and I'd hoped in March or April maybe that the South congregation would be able to meet in a new place. And it didn't happen. And I was getting frustrated about it. I thought, Lord, I'm praying about this. We're bringing it before you. Why is it not happening? And now from this point in time, I can look back and think, actually, our Heavenly Father knows best. It's his grace to us 
that we didn't sign some contract and start paying rent on a building that really at this time we wouldn't be able to use anyway. God knows what he's doing. God knows best how to answer our prayers. Like going on that treasure hunt, we might not know exactly how God is going to answer our prayers. But by faith in his grace, we know it's worthwhile asking. It's worth our while approaching. We will receive his help uh, one way or another. Now, in God's grace, uh, we're not to uh, ignore planning and organizing uh, when we pray. Let's plan to pray. Let's set aside time to do it. Yes, we can pray at any point through the day. There's no moment when we can't kind of throw up to him our prayer. But it's good to plan. It's good to work out what's the time that's going to work. And it can help us, maybe even as well, to, to keep a record of what we pray about. We, could, we don't have to write reams and reams, but we can just kind of jot down, keep a note of the things that we've prayed about. And we can look back over time and, and see what we've been praying and see uh, how they were uh, answered. We can keep a journal. We can also use what uh, some might do, is use prayer cards, just little cards like this. And if there's someone in particular I want to pray for or a situation I want to pray about, I'm just going to jot it down on here. As I do that, I'm also going to think, what scripture is going to help me to pray? Because I don't just want to pray according to the need, but all according to God's promises in his word. And I might be praying uh, for myself. You might write a card with your own name on it and, and think about the things you want to pray for yourself. You might think, I want to pray for, uh, for wisdom. And if you do that, you can look at James chapter 1, verse 5. And if anyone lacks wisdom, you can ask God. Generously, graciously gives without finding fault. We can turn to God's word to help us to pray and to stir us to pray. Uh, now, I'm not saying you, know, you have to follow those particular ideas. If you, if you went for this particular method of, of using cards just to prompt you in what to pray about, you don't have to have a thousand of them. You don't have to write an essay on it. You don't have to pray for half an hour over one piece of paper. It might just be that little prompt, that little reminder for a few minutes, even for a few seconds, to pray. You might think, yeah, there are some things I really want to pray about every day. Other things that might be, well, every week. Um, you can consider that. I can remember one of my, well, the most memorable, one of the most memorable testimonies that have been brought on a Sunday, perhaps in the past uh, few months anyway. I can remember someone standing up and giving thanks to God along these lines. They said, in this past month, God has answered six uh, long-term prayer requests, or in just one month. There's so much encouragement to consider, yes, God has answered prayer, but also something instructive as well, that the person who did that, she could remember what her prayer requests had been. She knew what they were, uh, and she could note uh, that they'd been answered. Her prayer requests must have been uh, specific and, and written down, and she was reminding herself that's just so encouraging. What prayer requests will we have that get answered uh, through this time? Sometimes we have to persevere and keep going. They were long-term prayer requests. So it wasn't just what had come to mind that week. These were things that would be being consistently brought before the throne. And sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes we discover, wow, the, the answers come quickly. Sometimes there are puzzles and mysteries involved. But let's believe that before the throne of grace, we're going to receive help. Yeah, we can plan. Obviously, we can be uh, spontaneous as well. 
We can pray for whoever pops into our head uh, for no particular reason. We might then get in touch with them and say, is there anything I can be particularly praying about? You know, let's be planned, let's be spontaneous as well. Let's not worry about how long our prayers are. You know, Jesus didn't rebuke people for short prayers. He actually rebuked people for long prayers sometimes. You piling up words as though because of how eloquent you are, um, your prayers will be answered. No, we're not having to do that. We can come before the Lord simply. Uh, yes, we're kind of persevering, but sometimes the prayers will be quite brief. God still hears. They count. He's listening. He cares. You know, let's be growing in the grace of God in the place of prayer. You can reckon yourself to, as it were, be on a treasure hunt. You might think, oh, what's the point? Why don't you just give me what I want at the, at the outset? Why do I have to go on this long, elaborate journey, Lord? Where, where are we going? What are you doing? Yeah, we can have loads of questions, but we can know that the God of grace wants to answer prayer. That's how he's planned to do it. I wanted to reveal chocolate by doing a treasure hunt. God wants to do things on planet Earth by answering our prayers. That's how he's planned to do it. We can puzzle over it or we can just accept it and go on journeys of faith with him. What, what prayers will the Lord answer? What help will you know? What will God do on planet Earth? Because we determined to approach the throne of grace with confidence, believing that he will provide. He will give. He will do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Why? Because it's a throne of grace. God's ready. God is uh, ready to give. He wants to answer prayer more than we want to pray. His generosity will always exceed our motivation. So let's take some steps. You know, if the particular ideas on prayer that I've mentioned just now don't really float your boat, that's fine. Experiment, explore, ask for God's help. Lord, lead me in praying. I want to know, Lord, your word and your spirit helping me. Let's submit to him. Let's bow the knee to him and let's draw near to him in Jesus' name. Amen.